Hi, I'm Gertrude Keesley, and this is Kingdom Consciousness. Jesus said, and this gospel of the kingdom shall be preached in all the world for a witness unto all nations, and then shall the end come, Matthews 24, 14. Before Jesus returns to set up his kingdom in its final form, the gospel of the kingdom must be extended throughout the nations of the world. In order to preach the gospel of the kingdom, we as kingdom citizens must understand the kingdom of God. Before we can become custodian to the keys of the kingdom, we must first experience kingdom living. In the past, much emphasis has been placed on the life and ministry of the king of the kingdom jesus christ and rightly so but not enough emphasis has been given to the gospel of the kingdom jesus told the religious leaders of his time ye shut up the kingdom of heaven against men for ye neither go in yourselves neither suffer them that are entering to go in matthew 23 13. It was this gospel of the kingdom that was the central purpose of Christ's life. He began his earthly ministry by declaring the arrival of the kingdom. That's, you can find that in Matthew 4.17. He ended his earthly ministry by speaking of things pertaining to the kingdom, Acts 1 and 3. In between the beginning and ending of his earthly ministry, the emphasis was on the kingdom. Luke 4.43 says, And he said unto them, I must preach the kingdom of God to other cities also, for therefore I am sent. The kingdom of God was the greatest concern of Jesus. His teachings and parables focused on the kingdom. His miracles were a demonstration of the kingdom of God in action. The phrases kingdom of God and kingdom of heaven are used over a hundred times in the books of Matthews, Mark, Luke, and John. We will explore the distinctions between these two. We are told to seek first the kingdom, to pray for it and to preach it. We are told how to enter the kingdom and taught that residency in it requires a new lifestyle. God is equipping his citizens to become kingdom minded so that we can understand the business of the kingdom. We are sons and daughters of the king. Everything about us is royalty, but we must first adopt the mind of Christ in order to understand what that actually means. We cannot have a poverty mindset and expect to grasp the reality of how much God desires for us to prosper. But there is a greater purpose than just understanding kingdom principles. Citizens must go beyond mere knowledge of the kingdom 
to actually experience it and make it the central purpose of our living. So I invite you to come and go with me as we explore this most exciting, interesting, and eye-opening subject. God bless you. God bless you again. This is Gertrude Keasley talking about righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. Amen. To have this kind of kingdom consciousness is indispensable to our rightly teaching of Christianity. Teaching of Christianity. We may warn others of their danger. We may prove to them that guilt. We may talk to them about threatenings and even the promises of God. We may teach them doctrines. This is not really teaching them Christianity or about the kingdom. It's not presenting to them Christ. It's teaching them certain things about religion or saying certain things of religion. But Christianity or the kingdom is a state of mind, a voluntary state, a state of love where joy and peace are connected. Now, unless we have this joy and peace, it's impossible that we should convey a correct idea of what Christianity or the kingdom is really about. The experience of this kingdom consciousness is essential to rightly living it. We have to rightly live it before the world. It can't be really counterfeited. A man may be very sanctimonious in his outward life or in his looks or in his words or tones, but after all, there will be something unnatural. So to be lived, kingdom or Christianity must be experienced. experienced. It, if it's in the heart, it will be looked, act, spoken, and made manifest in every, every tone of the voice, in an obliging manner, in pains taken to honor God and to do good to men. It will be unselfish, honest, generous, joyful, but these things cannot, cannot be so to the point that they set well upon man if we don't have this in our heart. Where this consciousness really exists, it's going to produce conviction. It can't conceal itself. It's going to be noticeable in any relation in life. A husband will notice it in his wife, a wife will notice it or will be struck with it in her husband parents and the children and children and the parents and in every relation of life it's going to produce conviction the kingdom of god is so opposite to the kingdoms of this world to the kingdom of satan that where it really is set up in a heart it must express itself in the life temple spirit as to force conviction wherever it has an opportunity to manifest itself. It has to. 
if the human soul doesn't have this kind of consciousness, it will seek worldly good. Oh my goodness. To seek for happiness and satisfaction and enjoyment is natural to man. And he will either seek his own selfishly or he will seek the general good unselfishness. If the kingdom of God is established in him, he is an unselfish devotee to the glory of God and the good of man. In this, he will find his enjoyment. That's where he will find his enjoyment if the kingdom of God is living within him. So in this state of mind, he may not seek his own enjoyment as an end, but he finds it. In this state of mind, he doesn't, he doesn't seek his own peace, nor his own joy. These things are not the objects of his search, nor the end at which he arrives. Yet he finds them while he is not seeking them, and all the more surely because he does not seek them. But if a man doesn't have this enjoyment, he will seek it in the world. If he doesn't have this enjoyment that the kingdom brings, he is going to seek it someplace else. And usually that someplace in the world that will bring detriment to him. Listen, true converts will soon learn to watch and pray. And they may pray in the Holy Ghost and keep themselves in the love of God. At first, converts now, they're not aware how easily they can mar their own peace or how easily they can throw themselves out of sympathy with God or even how easily they can bring a cloud over their souls and wound their spirits. But if they are really converted, if they have the kingdom of God and is conscious of it, and is conscious of it, you got that? They will soon learn what wounds, what brings darkness, what mars or hinders their union with God, what disturbs their peace, or, or that what separates them from that clear and heavenly union without which they feel know that they can't live. They're going to soon learn the necessity of watchfulness, amen, of prayerfulness, of engaging as little as possible in promiscuous conversation. They're going to learn to guard against idle words, vain conversation, world association, a misspending of their time, a misuse of money, a misuse of their tongue. In short, they will learn to gird themselves up and to walk softly with God. They're going to find that this indispensable, they find that they will find this, I'm sorry, indispensable to their peace or their joy or their maintaining their righteousness. They will soon learn that they must either part with God or part with sin. If they are con continuing to seek God and have the kingdom really residing on the inside of them, or they are new converts, they're going to soon learn that they either have to get rid of sin or they will get rid of God. Amen.
So without this kind of experience, we we can't enjoy what we call kingdom duties, okay? If we attempt to perform these duties without this experience, kingdom experience, we'll do it as a task, as a habit, or something that must not be neglected, but something in which we have no true satisfaction. It doesn't bring us satisfaction. With this experience, prayer is a real luxury. So great is the enjoyment of communion with God, sacred, calm, divinely serene, and satisfying, that the soul is never so deeply satisfied as in the deepest communion with God. My soul is satisfied when I'm in deep communion with God. Labor or pains taken and even self-denial for the salvation of souls and the glory of God is spontaneous. It's a natural outburst of an inward flame of love, an inward spring of joy and peace where the kingdom of God is set up. Amen. Amen. Where there is, where the kingdom is not, listen, much prayer is a great burden. Persons are shy of religious conversation or Christian conversation. They have no heart in it. And labor for souls and with souls, my goodness, it's something they can hardly bring themselves to do. It's a real cross to go and labor personally with souls, a real trial, a matter of fearfulness or timidity, where the kingdom of God is not truly set up in us. Men are ashamed and afraid to go and labor earnestly with their neighbors for the salvation of their souls while they themselves are in bondage and they have no real experience of what they should teach. Even ministers, listen, even ministers are ashamed to labor directly and personally with souls if they don't have this kingdom of God burning within them that experience. If our Christianity is a, is a bondage, if it's void of peace and joy in God, we may warn others of their danger and their guilt. We can commend salvation to them as a matter of personal prudence, as a thing not to be neglected, but we can't recommend it in such a way as to draw people out of the world into a present embracing of it. The fact is, man wants enjoyment for the present. He wants something now to interest him. He wants something that he can now feel, now realize, now interest himself in, and now find some satisfaction in. But if we don't have this peace and joy, all of our representations are going to repel rather than attract the mind. This is the true and only anecdote to world mindlessly. We need to get the kingdom within us. With the kingdom of God set up in our hearts, men are crucified to the world with love and peace and joy in experience man will naturally turn away and hide himself in God rather than mix up 
with the bustle, the strife, the bitterness, the slang and egotism and insanity of this world. They will hide themselves in God. Psalms 91, one, he that dwells in the secret place of the most high shall abide under the shadow of the almighty. It's easy therefore for us, for us to discriminate between those who love God and those who don't love him. If your heart is in the kingdom, is established in the kingdom of God, we will follow on to know him and more and more perfectly. We are under the influence of a divine sort of enchantment, the love of Christ constraining us. We have tasted and seen that the Lord is gracious. So why should we turn back and lust after the flesh pots of Egypt? Why should we go about to seek love? We found it. Hallelujah. We have found the home of, of Christ in our hearts. We found the love. We found our resting place, our joyful habitation, our satisfying portion. We cannot exchange these spiritual joys for the gross pleasures of earth. No, we can't. We cannot exchange these sacred moments of communion with God for communion with the world. We cannot afford to abandon God's heavenly ways for the insane ways of a wicked world. We must have the righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. God bless you. Have a good week. Yeah.